Attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Reds podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in MLS, kind of. <laughs> welcome back to the Battleborn Reds podcast, seriously, this time. Um, today we're going to be talking about the men's national team here in Canada and uh, all the trouble going on right now between the Canadian soccer business and Canada soccer federation and all that stuff. And it's a tough topic to talk about. It's frustrating. Um, you know, Canada had two friendlies already canceled now, uh, in this window and they have a game tonight against Curacao, um, for the nation's league. But, you know, I, I'm disappointed. This team was on the best trajectory that you could imagine you know they qualify for the world cup everybody um you know is talking about this team in the highest regards the most positive talk of canadian soccer that we've had and probably the history of canadian soccer to be honest and you know this week we fell off the track and you know this is embarrassing i'm not gonna lie how are teams in europe and you know european uh, soccer federation supposed to take, you know, Canadian soccer, North American sports, uh, sorry, North American soccer in general, seriously after this, you know, you have your players go on strike. You don't get the call every day to join the national team. Obviously this is a group that's pretty much the same Herdman is on their side as well. You know, the players do have a reason to fight and I agree with that, but they did sign this contract in 2018, you know, and nobody projected them to make the World Cup, um, you know, this soon in 2020, uh, sorry, 2022, but here they are. And, you know, I just want to start off with, it's frustrating because yesterday I was doing tons of research and I came across some reports that about Qatar and apparently the players are also fighting not only for just 10% of the World Cup, um, you know, uh, bonus that they got uh profit bonus and all this stuff um they're fighting for 40 percent now but also the pl some of the players on the roster were told they're on their own to head to qatar and and world cups prior teams that have qualified for the world cup um they have been given about eight to ten tickets per player um but team canada is apparently only giving away like two and they've told some players that they're on their own. Finding your own way to the World Cup. I cannot believe that I read that yesterday. And, you know, it's tough for me to really say because there's just so much going on right now. But that that made me so upset. This team has fought in the toughest moments. They went into other countries in the most hostile areas and pulled out 
the victory. And they're being told they're on their own to find their way to Qatar. Come on. That's just not right. That's just not right. And yes, Canadian soccer business, the contract in 2018, that was agreed to 10 year deal until 2028, uh, which was originally made uh, because the CPL came along and all that stuff. Come on. Like I understand they hit the jackpot now. One soccer as well, the Canadian TV rights to the national team, and like they hit the jackpot, like they hit the nail on the head, absolute grand slam um, of a bargain agreement with the men's national team because they're laughing right now. All the profits they're getting, and look, I get uh, what you know, CBS is saying, or sorry, CSB, CSB saying. We have the men's program, we have the women's program, we have futsal, we have referee development programs, we have coaching development programs that need funding. Look, I'm a soccer coach in Canada as well. Technically, I'm in that group, all right? I'm certified by Canadian soccer. Come on, like, come on. The players have done everything, everything, every task that stood in their way to get to Qatar they have overcame. This is a team that is resilient. They are going to Qatar when nobody thought they could. Look at where they're ranked in the FIFA rankings. Look at where they're ranked and they qualified for the tournament. Italy didn't even qualify. This is a young team that has so many young stars that are starting to finally change the reputation here in Canada. Jonathan David... Alfonso Davies, Buchanan. There's players across the starting eleven that you can name that are you know playing in Europe now. Richie Larea just promoted to the Premier League with Nottingham Forest. You know that's a whole different situation, but still did. This team is growing, and they are a real good team. For them to have to strike because they're only getting ten percent of the bonus for qualifying for the World Cup. Only about two tickets a player. And some players being told to find their own way there. It breaks my heart. It just does. This team finally qualified for the World Cup. The first time since I was basically in my existence. All right, For the first time, I'm actually going to be able to see a World Cup that has Canada in it. The country that I lived in. Or live in, sorry. I, I don't know what's wrong with my English today. The country that I live in. The country where I played this sport my whole childhood. I finally get to see my country's national team in the World Cup. And we are just months away now. Months away. And we have a strike. Because the men's national team isn't getting fair results. And they have to play tonight versus Curacao. They have to. Why? Because it's a CONCACAF Nations League game. If they don't play tonight, there is lots of trouble with, um, you know, other organizations now they will get tons of fines kickoff is at 10 30 p.m um it's going to be in vancouver where the friendly against panama was supposed to be scheduled it's going to be at bc play stadium you know tonight's lineup i believe you're going to see a lot of the familiar faces um you know i think you're going to see buchanan up top hutchinson probably in the midfield uh but this also gives herdman some time to kind of play with uh you know the 11 and give some you know time to the young guys who you know deserve a better look but the thing that i'm frustrated with this game at 10 30 tonight 
is supposed to be a Nations League game. And Nations League games are, you know, they're somewhat important. I know a lot of people dwell on them. But these friendlies that we could have had here would have been so vital to this team's success because they could have tried out some new team uh, players. They could have tried out some new systems, some experiments. We're seeing some of the teams in Europe that are, you know, powerhouses in the upcoming tournament that are doing the exact same thing, testing out different 11s. And this Canadian team didn't. They didn't get that opportunity. They have a chance tonight against Curacao, but this game's only 90 minutes. It's frustrating. It really, you know, I've seen a lot of, I forget who said it, but uh, it was an article about how this just shows that Canada soccer wasn't ready for the spotlight. And, you know, how true is that? How true is that? This team is finally being talked about in the highest regards. And then we have this situation. It's it's disappointing. It really is. We know how lockouts go. Obviously, this is an international lockout, so it's not going to affect their club stuff. Um, so MLS and you know the Toronto C players will head back. So it's not quite as bad as what we had uh, with you know the MLB uh, just you know a couple months ago. But this is still disappointing. Like tonight against Curacao, you know it's going to be weird. It is. This team skipped training. They trained yesterday, but they skipped training um, at the start of the week, you know. And these two sides are not—they're not close. They're so far apart right now in agreement. And I, apparently, they're hammering away at it. They're getting legal teams involved now, legal representation to get their point across. This is going to get ugly. I truly believe it. But on the side of Canadian soccer business. Look at the deal they signed. And the Canadian soccer players signed that. They did. And, you know, Canadian soccer business is laughing now that they hit a grand slam. And why would they want to give that away now? They're laughing to the bank. You can believe all you want that, oh, the proceeds are going to here, there, and the futsal programs and beach soccer and, you know, referee development. But I don't. I mean, some of it for sure, but. I don't believe all of it is. They got a nice bonus. One soccer as well. Another Grand Slam. The TV rights Grand Slam. Imagine how expensive those TV rights would be if they hit the open market right now. Imagine how expensive. That's what I mean. It's it's frustrating. Because they took advantage of the players. They did. You know, the CPL is awesome. I'm so happy that league was born and, you know, it looks like it's huge for Canadian soccer development right now with how well the players are doing in Major League Soccer that have graduated up. You know, there's two guys from Toronto FC, and Chung and Lucas McNaughton that I've been really impressed with. You know, there's players that are going to be coming up for sure, especially after how well Forge played uh, Toronto FC in the Canadian Cup final. Toronto FC won 5-4 on pens. Um, you know, that was a hard-fought game, 1-1 one, one draw, uh, extra time, it depends, like I said. Quinn and Westberg, phenomenal game. He had a couple crucial saves. I was really impressed with Forge. I thought they really tested Toronto. Yes, it was a cup final from 2020, and, you know, it felt weird, but Toronto FC really had to pull out the victory there. They really had to earn that one because Forge was really on it, and they really wanted that win. They were at home. Uh, they had the Hamilton crowd. Uh, you know, the place was decked out in orange and red uh, for the, some TFC supporters that made their travel. Um, but 
credit to Forge, man. They played their tails off, and maybe they deserve to win that, but Westberg stole it, I believe. Westberg made some crucial saves, so that's just some talk about TFC. But back to Canada, you know, tonight, like I said, Curacao um, versus Canada. I'm, you can hear the tone of my voice. Like, I'm just so frustrated because, you know, things are looking up. You know, everything's bright. We're having the best moments that I've seen from the Canadian men's national team in this window uh, with this qualifying and now being able to qualify for Qatar. And then we have this mess. And this is a mess. It is. And a lot of people overlook it, you know, because the team's playing tonight. But the team has to play tonight. Otherwise, there's significant consequences coming down if they uh, you know held their strike past tonight from other federations but you know hopefully a deal's met uh real soon it's going to be interesting because also the women come into play as well the women want equal pay um so you know there's a bunch of other stuff here that i haven't untangled but you know both sides here are gonna have to come to an agreement um you know the women deserve their justice as well these players are the ones that are doing all the work really and you know to take their bonuses away from them and stuff like that um is unfair but they did sign that contract so this is what i mean like it's tough to really say which side you're on that's why i'm frustrated i'm so disappointed because the players did get taken advantage of but they also did sign that contract and now trying to backpedal and get some stuff back um, from the Canadian soccer business, you know, you got to understand their point too, right? Why would they want to give back some of that, um, you know, leverage and all the bonuses they got for uh, signing that agreement in 2018? It's a 10-year deal. Uh, at the time, you know, I remember when that was officially signed, I didn't think much of it. I don't think anybody really did. Nobody really thought Canada would qualify for the World Cup this soon. Everybody talked about 2026 because they were hosting and you know, the hosting countries usually find their ways into the tournament. It's been, you know, a rule since uh, for the longest time. But now they actually did it. They actually qualified. And now you have this. So my prediction is I think the Canadian men's national team is going to get a bonus. I think they're going to get 30% of the FIFA bonus money for Qatar. I think their players are going to be taken care of. But they're also going to have to give up stuff too. So, you know, I haven't really thought about what the men's national team is going to be giving up as well. It might be that they do not get, you know, a certain profit of this margin or, you know, there's a whole tons of stuff going on right now. There's the TV rights problem. There's the Jersey problem. And I wasn't even like that aware of this until somebody brought it to my attention, but it's really hard to get a Canadian Jersey right now. Um, you know, if you want an Alfonso Davies one, you can have no problem ordering them. But the stock of them, um, you know, with how well this team's done, is apparently really hard to get one right now, which, you know, that's another problem. Obviously, you know, teams make money off jersey and kit sales, but, you know, it's frustrating. This is a team that looks like they finally turned the tide and they were well on their way to, you know, being at least, I guess, one of those better teams um, in their group. Actually, I can't even say that. Like, they... They were just, they were on their way to being arguably the best Canadian soccer team in history of Canada. And I think that's without doubt. Like, this team is just so skilled all over the pitch, even in goal. Borhan, awesome goalkeeper. 
outstanding. And, you know, Davies is breaking records. Obviously, you know, he's going through a tough time, but, you know, his prime's loading. If you know, you know. Um, Jonathan David is another guy that's going to make the jump to probably a higher club next season. Now, talks about Qatar. My answer still, I don't know if they're going to win a game in the World Cup. Um, that's no shame, though. Qualifying for the World Cup alone is an accomplishment. I'm happy with that. Belgium's just, you know, they're a top team in this tournament. They're a top five, in my opinion, in the World Cup next year. Um, what else? Croatia, Modric. You know, a lot of people call out Croatia for being, you know, fraudulent. They did get hammered, um, you know, in their last game. But I still think Modric and Croatia are a threat. So they just were the finalists in the last World Cup. I would put them second in the group. Morocco, I think, could be a winnable game for Canada because, you know, that Morocco kind of plays that kind of CONCACAF style, um, you know, where it's more physical soccer, more, you know, defensive-based and less uh, offensive training chances with each other. So they play more of that kind of style, which I think could benefit Canada. That's more low-scoring soccer, but, you know, it's definitely going to be a tough game and, you can't overlook that Morocco is a strong side, especially if they could get Ziyech, um to play, you know, phenomenal footballer as well. So they have some real pieces there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are going to overlook that team because they don't have the names like Croatia and Belgium, but they are just as strong as the other teams in certain areas, if not better, uh, you know, in terms of strength, I think a hundred percent, I think they're one of the you know stronger teams in this tournament. Um, you know, physically based, they have some good height and they're mobile, they're quick. And, uh, that's what makes a good soccer team. So it's going to be interesting to see what Canada does. Uh, Osorio, we know is battling a knock still. So I don't think you're going to see him start tonight in terms of Toronto C talk, but, uh, Lorenzo Insigne's uh, entourage has started to move stuff into the city, which is always a positive sign. Um, so he's almost here. His season is now concluded. I think his first game will be July 9th against San Jose. If you are planning to go then, that is going to be a significant game in the club's history as the biggest player that Toronto FC has had in terms of a signing. It will be making his debut at home. Uh, Toronto FC is, you know, just sitting outside the playoff line right now. They have a second half stretch here is what I'm going to call it um, to kind of go on a run to make the postseason. They have to change their start here. Their start hasn't been pretty. Uh, but you know, I think they could be a team that can find their way into that six, seven spot, uh, when Insigne comes without a doubt, because the one thing I've noticed about the MLS this year is there's a lot of parity. There's a lot of teams that are strong in this league. Uh, and it's really hard to predict who will finish in playoff spots right now, because there's no real drop off between, between the middle of the pack teams and the lower pack teams right now, it's all congested and, uh, that usually makes it up for an interesting finish so i'm really excited for how these seasons is going to finish out and uh you know what does toronto FC have in store here down the road for us just to wrap it up here back to team canada i'm really frustrated um you know soccer business got a heck of a deal here right now if you look into the logistics of it i'm sure you can access all the information if you really want to dive into it it's way too much for me to go all in on this pod We'll be here for like a couple hours. But the players do have a reason to fight. But 
so does the soccer business. The soccer business, why would you want to give up more for just hitting a grand slam? What more could you ask for from the players? It's what I'm going to be interested to see. That's what I'm going to be interested to see. The soccer business won't walk away from this. That's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Reds podcast. I'll talk to you again soon.